the best partnership structures in organizations is either there's a partner who has more money than you or a partner who has more skills than you or a partner who has more time than you. And if you are all three, you've got the more money, more skills and more time than everyone and the partnership is not very valuable because what's everyone else bringing to the table? I'm Michael Mogul, founder and CEO of Crisp, the nation's number one law firm growth company. I've built my business through practice, not theory. Crisp started with just $500 to my name and has grown to over eight figures in revenue over the last few years, earning a spot on the Inc. 500 list of the fastest growing private companies in America. Our approach has been to take everything we've learned about generating massive growth within our own organization and help the country's most ambitious and committed law firm owners do the same for theirs. In each episode of this podcast, I sit down with innovative market leaders from the legal industry and beyond to learn from those who thrive in the face of adversity, challenge the status quo, and define what it means to be a true game changer. This is Jessica, head of coaching strategy at Chris, and today we're flipping the script for a special edition episode to get Michael's take on the common misconceptions about success and entrepreneurship, the role your personal network plays in your success, and how to manage relationships with friends and family who put down your dreams. Whenever anyone's giving me a hard time and saying, oh, you should take it easy, you're crazy, this and that, I think that is a reflection of them. It's going to frustrate them. If I wasn't me, I'd be frustrated by me. Absolutely. It bothers them because they see somebody who didn't give up. And that reminds them of themselves giving up on themselves. That's coming up on the Game Changing Attorney podcast. Welcome back, Michael. Another AMMA here. I am absolutely thrilled to be here. Jessica, this is awesome. I look forward to these every single week. So for those of you that are listening and are just joining the podcast, we do a few different types of episodes. We've got this episode, the Ask Michael Mogul Anything. You guys submit your questions. Usually text us at 404-531-7691 and we compile your questions and answer them on the podcast. There's also our other episodes, which are our traditional interview format from people that are within the legal industry, outside the legal industry, entrepreneurs, elite athletes, et cetera. And then we have our encore editions. We bring back some of our most popular episodes of the podcast. And here's the thing about the podcast. It is absolutely free. And our aim is to always keep it free from the very beginning. All the time, somebody's reaching out. I think at this point, it's maybe every week to every other week. Someone's like, can I sponsor the podcast? Can I run ads? And we had someone even recently, I mentioned another podcast, 10000 a month. Now we keep saying no. Now someone offered 20000 a month. And you add up sponsors, say five sponsors, 20000 a month. Great. hundred grand a month, $1.2 million a year. Maybe we should get some sponsors on the podcast. I don't think you can be filtered. Here's the thing. If we bring sponsors on the podcast, well, then there's certain things that we can say or can't say, or our guests, whether they can say things or not say things that I'm not a fan of any sort of censorship on the podcast. So we want to keep it free, unfiltered. So there's only one ask. And that is if you've gained any sort of value from this podcast whatsoever, this episode or any other episode, please share the podcast and leave us a review, whether it's a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, that helps us reach more people, helps us keep the podcast free. I believe now we're in the top 50 podcasts in business and entrepreneurship, and we are the number one podcast in the entire legal industry, which is amazing. So thank you all for your support. We've been doing this for three years now. Yes. So we've been consistent with it. Goal is to keep it absolutely free. And with that, I'm excited for another episode of this AMMA. Jessica, what are the questions? All right. Surprise, surprise. So Today, we are going to talk about success. So I love this one because I think a lot of times people see this 10-year overnight success, but there's so much beyond that. So 
First question for us today, Michael, can you share your insight into what people often misunderstand about success? What are some of the common misconceptions you've encountered in your journey? Oh, okay. Where do we begin? Well, so first it is the fact that we all have a different definition of success. I want to get that out of the way first, because I want to be able to focus this answer on, let's say, business success or financial success. But if you're listening, I also believe having success in terms of your relationships and how you are as a parent and how you are as a spouse and being able to have success in multiple aspects of life is very, very important, not just seeing success in the financial aspects. But again, it means different things to different people. And for this type of podcast, which tends to be a business podcast with business owners and entrepreneurs, a lot of this is that the success of their organization, their business is what creates freedom in their lives. And as a result, that helps them in every single avenue of their life, in their relationships, the relationships with their family, their kids, their spouse, their friends, even the time that they're able to spend on their health, et cetera, that is enabled through the success of their business. And it actually kind of goes vice versa too. So the success that they have in those other areas also empowers them to have success within their business. So in terms of a lot of the misconceptions, I would say that it is a lot more difficult than most people either anticipate for it to be or believe that it is to be. So I think the challenge right now is we're in a culture and environment, if you look, especially on social media, where there's a lot of people that are providing a lot of advice and selling courses and a lot of information on essentially the short road to success or certain magic bullets or holy water or things that where it's saying that you too could be a real estate millionaire after taking this course or this three-day course, or you too can earn $40,000 a month doing Amazon drop shipping, or you don't even need to have a product. You don't even need to have a service. You can just sell somebody else's service. And yes, there are a lot of ways to make money. There's people that will talk about real estate. There's people that will talk about different types of services they can offer, products they can sell, but they make it seem as if anybody and everybody can do it. And my belief is that, well, anybody can achieve very high levels of success, but should everybody be an entrepreneur? Mm, I don't know. And where I say that a lot of the misconceptions are is that I have yet to see an example of somebody, somebody that I know that has the so-called passive income sitting on the beach, relaxing and scrolling, refreshing their bank account while everything, whether it's through real estate or whether it's through drop shipping some sort of products or even in their law firm, and they're generating passive income, which they mean is really through no involvement of their own in the day-to-day -day or even just in general, like having any sort of involvement and that that has led to any sort of success. I think that is the fugazi. That is the holy water. I would not trust that. Every example, though, that I see of people that are incredibly successful has been accomplished through not just hard work, but persistence, commitment, and sticking to something through ups and downs and struggles and adversity for a consistent period of time of years or decades and then they eventually get there. So that I see 100% success rate. And then the other one, the so-called in quotes, passive income, I've seen with a 0% success rate, but it's the more exciting and attractive one because you have to think who wants to swallow the pill or let me put this another way. I think everybody would rather take the diet pills than get on the actual lifetime diet and exercise consistently and dial in their sleep and do all the things necessary for months and years on end to get the results. No, absolutely not. Tell me what to take. Give me the supplement. Give me the pill. So that's what draws a lot of people in. And I'd be very, very careful about that because look, if it works so well, then everybody would be incredibly successful. 
But I think that the only people that become incredibly successful through the path of the courses and the diet pills, and it's not to say that there's not good information out there, there's some good information, but I think the people that become most successful are the creators of said courses and the creators of said real estate webinars and the people that are selling the ebook on how to be a millionaire. I think those are the ones that are primarily extracting all the money versus the people that are actually taking those courses and so on. Now, it's not as popular to talk about the actual commitment required and the work ethic required and the learning and the fact that you have to exercise courage and make significant investments of time and money. Usually the reason why people don't have time and money is because they don't invest time and money, right? If you want more time, you invest time. And if you want more money, you invest money. And in the absence of those two, it's very difficult, if not impossible, to be successful. So I think the misconception, first of all, is that there is this straight shot to success, that there is a one-size-fits-all path to get there, that it is easy, and that it is without struggle. Now, I will say that with my experience today, I do think the suffering is optional. So you can learn from people. You can learn from great mentors. There's a lot of great programs out there where you can put yourself in an environment where people can share insights with you that they have learned that can help your business grow, that you may not have to experience firsthand. You don't have to gain those experiences through the slowest form of learning, which is failure and learning through experience. You can learn from other people's mistakes and failures. So there's a lot of great leaps that you can make there, but you still have to execute. And no amount of being an information consumer, there's not that next book, there's not that next course that is going to somehow take you from failure to success without execution. And as the saying goes, knowledge is not power until it has been executed upon. The information you know is very little value unless you are actually acting on that and executing. I know we talked about it on a previous AMMA, the importance of execution. So it is a difficult process. You will be misunderstood. It will require a significant investment of time. It's going to require a long-term commitment. Probably require a significant financial investment. You will be uncomfortable throughout this entire process. And if you manage to stick with it and you're learning and you're adapting and you're growing, then you'll eventually get there. And if I've discouraged you from this, well, then it's just not for you. I was going to say, it was a really good sell there, you know? <laughs> that's just the way it is. So I think that's a lot of the misconception around it, that there's just this easy path to get there. Now, I'm not a fan of the dumb way, right? If there's two ways up the mountain and one is the extremely steep climb, the dumb climb, the one with all the boulders, the and, boulders <laughs> and all this stuff. And there's another way where you could just climb naturally and normally, then yeah, I'd rather do it. I don't want to purposely make it more difficult, but I'm always a fan of taking the stairs versus the escalator. And I've realized that on the road to success, it's always taking the stairs. And without that, number one, it wouldn't be as rare as it is. So if you just look at a parabolic curve and you look at the percentage of people that have achieved a certain outlier level of success, that's why they call it an outlier, because it's a very small percentage. The majority of the people, you have to have the average. That's where the majority of people will fall into. And then on either side of that, you have the tremendous failures and then the tremendous successes. And what is it the tremendous successes are doing? It is something that's very different from the failures in the average. And usually that looks like a combination of a greater investment of time, a greater investment of money, a greater amount of courage that's exercised over a longer period of time and persistence and commitment. And those are the traits generally that lead to success. Yes, could not agree more. And success often has a lot to do with the people around you. So that leads me into the next one. It's been said that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Can you talk about the role of your personal network in your journey to success and how you've carefully chosen who to include in your life? Yeah. So the Jim Rohn quote of the average of the five people you spend the most time with now, whether this is scientifically proven or not, who knows? But we all have seen through experience that if you surround yourself with five losers, you will be the sixth. And why is that? Why is it that our environment has such an impact on our outcomes? 
And I think it's a function of you start modeling the behaviors of the people around you. That's why environment is such a powerful thing. So meaning that if people are talking about gossip and nonsense and whatever Netflix show they just watched recently, then that's what you're going to talk about. And if they're talking about all the things that they're not able to do and all the barriers that stand in their way and how everything's outside of their control and what the economy is and who is president, and they just have this very external locus of control when life just happens to them. Very much like a victim mindset of they're just so unlucky. All these bad things keep happening and there's nothing they can do about it. What a wonderful place to be. That's one thing. You're going to be surrounding yourself with that. That's going to be your feedback loop too. Alternatively, if you surround yourself with people that are very growth-minded, that have an internal locus of control where it's not just life happens to me, it is all about how do I respond or how these obstacles actually are creating opportunities. And they're talking about ideas and strategy and leadership and culture. Now you start modeling that type of thinking as well. You start thinking, okay, maybe I'm not a victim. Maybe these are things that are happening not to me, but rather for me. And they're what are allowing me to grow and evolve and become the person I must become to achieve the thing that I want to achieve. And that's a very, very empowering mindset. And I would also say that if you are the most successful person in your circle, well, then you're not going to have a whole lot to learn from other people. Now, again, I have to go back and say the definition of success. If we're talking about financial success, if you are by far the most financially successful person in your circle, well, then you're probably not going to be able to learn as much from other people in that environment about how to achieve greater financial success. Alternatively, let's say you're the greatest financial success in your circle, but you're trying to become a better parent. An example being Elon Musk, if he was in a mastermind on parenting, yes, he would be the most financially successful, but he would not be the best parent. So he would have a lot to learn. So again, there's different metrics of success and it really depends on what you're trying to achieve, but it's surrounding yourself with people that are either ahead of you, that are more successful than you, that have learned more lessons than you. It's generally, you see this even in the best partnership structures in organizations. It's generally the fact that either there's a partner who has more money than you, or a partner who has more skills than you, or a partner who has more time than you, okay? And if you are all three, you've got the more money, more skills, and more time than everyone, then the partnership is not very valuable because what's everyone else bringing to the table? There has to be something complementary in each of those areas. So I think that that's the most important thing of surrounding yourself with the right people. This oftentimes, it's not so much of an additive process so much as it is a you're subtracting people that do not add that sort of value. So meaning that if somebody does not support you, if they're not an advocate for you, if they don't want to see you win and celebrate your wins, then they're going to be an anchor and they're going to hold you back. And being protective of this is one of the most important things that you can do if you're trying to be successful. Look at it from the converse standpoint. If you allow your environment to dictate itself, you're just allowed to create itself by default, not by design, well, then you're going to be a slave to whatever that environment is. You're going to have to work against the laws of physics in true inertia. You may have all these detractors around you disguised as friends and these same critics and skeptics that are essentially either bad-mouthing you, criticizing you, holding you back, working against you. The amount of energy that you have to exert to just break out away from that, think about it, it's hard enough to grow a business and grow your law firm and solve those problems, it's even harder when you have a bunch of anchors holding you back. I mean, trying to climb up a mountain with a bunch of ankle weights and actual anchors themselves, it's harder to do that than with a jetpack. So it's important that the people around you are the ones that are helping propel you forward and are actually supportive of you. So sometimes you've got to cut people out. Yeah, it's difficult decisions, but the older we've gotten, the smaller and smaller our circle has gotten as well. It's easier that way. It's simpler. Much easier. The more people you have, the more complexity there is. All right. So moving on from that one, can you tell us any more about your personal network and how have they played a role in your achievements? 
All right. Well, at the risk of sounding sentimental here, Jessica, I mean, you are my personal network, and this has gotten smaller and smaller over the years, but I attribute so much of our success to our relationship. And I will say that I think the relationship that someone has with their spouse or significant other, that choice, that decision that you make is probably the single most important decision that you will make in your life when it concerns the success that you achieve. And that's a hard one. It really, really is because a lot of times when we're making these decisions, choice of spouse or partner, it's when we're very inexperienced and it's when we're at much earlier parts of our lives. And yet we don't realize how weighty that decision is because this is someone that you're going to probably be spending next to coworkers the most time with. And looking back over the last, let's say 11, 12 years, never once did you ever give me a hard time for staying at the office late, working late, coming home late, getting there early, the commitment required to basically build the organization that we built together. You were right there with me. We were then there on Saturdays and Sundays, seven days a week, and that made things so much easier. I never had to explain anything. And if I did, how much more difficult that would have made things. So that's clearly very, very important. And then also the relationships we have with some of my closest friends or closest peers, it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to hang out every week. Sometimes we'll go months, maybe a year without seeing certain people, but they don't guilt you. They don't give you a hard time saying, hey man, why don't you ever have time to hang out with me anymore? Why don't we ever do X, Y, and Z? No, listen, they understand. They understand the mission that you are on. And this is something that I think is very unrelatable to most people. This is not a normal conversation, by the way. The level of commitment required to be an outlier and to be elite and exceptional is something that goes beyond what I believe most people are willing to give, okay? And this is going to be very unrelatable to a lot of people, okay? Because they'll say, well, I believe in moderation and I believe in balance. And that's absolutely fine. And if you are living the life that you want and you are satisfied and you are achieving all the things you want to achieve and you're happy, like, I'm not going to knock that. I think mean, that's wonderful. But usually what is required to hit the most elite levels of success is a full all-in commitment. And you see this with elite athletes, they dedicate their lives to what it is that they're doing. Now, some people will say that is unreasonable. Well, if you were to look at the top players in any sports league, they're not practicing a couple hours a day. They practice three hours in the morning, three hours in the afternoon, another three hours in the evening. They dedicate their lives to what it is that they're doing. And that is how they become the elite. And they do that for certain seasons of their life. You have seasons in sports and you have seasons in our lives. That doesn't mean it's a lifetime, but sometimes we have to make certain compromises or trade-offs to achieve the things that we want to achieve. This doesn't mean you're going to be an absent father or mother or completely absent in your life, but you may have to be for a certain period of time based on what the mission requires. And we were fortunate in that we made this upfront commitment early on before we had kids, which made it much simpler because now that we have kids, we can be around them all the time. We can spend a lot of time with them. But if we were in the early building phase of building the organization with a four-year-old and with a two-year-old, I would have immense guilt. It would be incredibly difficult. Would we ever be at gymnastics or a karate or dropping her off in the morning? Probably not because it was 24-7, 365 into the business. But we front-loaded that so that we could then create the type of environment we can build an organization that could be more self-managing, that can have more capacity, more support, more help to not require us day in and day out to allow us that freedom, which I think is the goal of really any entrepreneur. But if you don't make that commitment and if you don't ever create those things, well, then you're in the middle, which I think is the worst place to be because it's like you don't have the freedom. And then at the same time, you are dissatisfied too. So meaning that you can't spend your time how you want to spend your time. But then at the same time, if you're in the middle, you're not making progress in the way that is necessary to then create that freedom. So you're just stuck. You're not really there for your family. You're kind of there, but you're not fully present. And then your organization, you're also not all in, all hands on deck. The growth of your organization stalled as well. So it's like you're in no man's land. You got to pick. 
at some point. It doesn't have to be forever, but that is, I think, a necessary aspect of success. I don't want to sugarcoat it. If someone's figured out a way nine to five to do this 40 hours a week and they're able to achieve everything they set out to achieve, they have achieved entrepreneurial freedom. All their team members have incredible growth opportunity. They've got long-term career paths. You're dominating your market. You're achieving all measures of success that are important to you. Then wonderful. You've figured it out. Send me a letter. I'd love to know how you did it. Okay. But if that's not the case, then you either have to accept the outcomes from the efforts that you're putting in or just don't complain. Because usually what happens is people have their ambitions, but their efforts and their actions don't match those ambitions. So meaning that they have ambitions of they want to live in X type of house. They want to be able to spend their time this way. They want to be able to be with their kids. They want to be dominant in their market. And then they are waking up at like 9 a.m. And then they're in the office a few hours a week and it's Friday. They're out the door at two o'clock. They're always taking vacations and they wonder why they never have any money. And they wonder why they're stressed out. They wonder why they're not able to make the investments that they want to make. And it's like, well, you're trying to have it all and you can have it all, but maybe you have to make certain compromises and trade-offs in certain seasons of your life to be able to create. Things have to be also about tomorrow too, right? Not everything has to be about today. It's striking that balance between, I mean, you don't want to be miserable, but it is also understanding that there's going to become a time where your future self is going to look back on the decisions that you're making today and your future self will either thank you or it'll look back with regret. Yeah. Success is absolutely a long game. Absolutely. All right. Final one. And this one actually ties in a little bit to what you said there about support. But Michael, you've built an impressive business and a reputation for not settling for less. How have you managed relationships with people who wanted you to tone it down or do less? Oh, look, the fastest way out of my life is for someone to tell me to take it easy, do less. That's unreasonable. That's crazy. I have no room for that. No. And we're in control of a lot of different things in our lives. We're in control of our effort. We're in control of our decisions. We're in control of the people that we let into our life. And if you can protect that, you can create the type of environment that works for you. This could be different things, different people. You don't have to have my definition of success. My definition has also evolved over time for me right now, focusing on my health, spending time with my kids, family, all of that is so, so important to me that that is even a greater priority than monetary gain. Money has become secondary or tertiary. But that's also because that problem's been solved. At this point, I don't have to stress about us sending our girls to school or being able to have money for groceries or being able to pay for the power bill or being able to go on vacation or what we're going to order when we go to a restaurant, right? But years ago, my greatest stress was my friends inviting me to go to dinner with them because I was worried about expensive appetizers. So our priorities change. And if we are able to solve certain problems, I would certainly recommend that everybody solve the money problem first because then it can free you up for all the creativity and necessary and, and all the things that truly matter. But it's hard to be present and involved and active and creative when all you're thinking about is all debt that you have and your inability like, oh man, how much is gas going to cost, right? What's the price of eggs? What's the price of milk? If that's occupying your mental bandwidth. Well, then really thinking about, I got to figure this out. I got to solve this money problem. I got to be able to take care of my family. What's going on here, right? I got to get serious about this. What am I doing playing golf? What the hell is going on? I need to be at the office. I need to be figuring out how to solve some problems and grow this organization to make some money so the people around me aren't struggling. Maybe that's the conversation that needs to be happening. So whenever anyone's giving me a hard time and saying, oh, you should take it easy, you're crazy, this and that, I think that is a reflection of them, okay? Just because somebody else gave up on their dreams, it's gonna frustrate them. Think about it, if I wasn't me, I'd be frustrated by me, okay? Absolutely, it bothers them because they see somebody who didn't give up and that reminds them of themselves giving up on themselves. 
and they don't like that. So they're going to try to pull you back so that they can have more things in common with you so they can understand you because you're an alien to them. You don't make sense. You're like a freak. They're like, how can this human being apply this type of energy and effort consistently over time and make these types of sacrifices necessary and then have this long-term commitment? Why do they have what I don't have? It doesn't make sense. It's not fair. So what they're going to do is they're going to try to pull you back to them. And whenever anyone says that to me, number one, I just don't even respond at this point. And number two, I just hit delete. And I just don't delete just the message. I delete the human being from my life. Because look, I'm not in the business of trying to change anybody. I'm not trying to convince anybody. Think about it, right? You're not going to convince anybody of anything. People only change when they decide to change themselves. And you can certainly support people. But if you want something more for someone than they want it for themselves, good luck. What are you going to convince them that you're not a freak? That what you're doing is the right thing? They don't get you. They're already bothered by you. And look, we were talking about this the other night. When you're working really hard and working late, they judge you. When you're not working hard and you're coming in at noon or whatever decision you decide to make, you change your schedule up, then they're judging you too. When you're not really caring about your diet, your exercise, whatever, they're like, man, look at that person putting all those cookies in their mouth. And then when you are diligent and on point with your diet and your exercise, they're like, man, why is this person walking so much? Why are they bringing a scale out for lunch and measuring their food and tracking their calories, right? They're going to judge you either way. They're going to judge you if you drive in in a green Aston Martin. They're going to judge you if you drive in in an Uber or a bicycle. People are going to judge. That's just the nature of it. And once you accept the fact that the right people are going to support you, they're going to be people that align with you, they're not going to give you a hard time, and they're out there, by the way, then you just stop caring about everybody else. It's a function of mindset, right? Mindset being the lens through which we see the world. And if somebody does not want to be convinced and they just want to see things as, well, that's not fair. Why does this person have something that I do not? It's so unfair. I've just been dealt this poor hand. And even though I grew up in America, I was college educated. I had every opportunity to succeed. Maybe it's the fact that you're going out every Friday night and Saturday night and not really investing in yourself and in your own skills and your capabilities. Whenever I saw somebody that was more successful than me, and look, I'm not talking about trust fund kids. I'm not talking about these people that got their business from their daddy, okay? I'm talking about the people that were true successes, that bootstrapped their organization. I don't think any of us are self-made. I think we all have a lot of help and people who come into our lives to help us and support us. But whenever I would see somebody who was more successful than me, I always felt, number one, they know something that I don't. They know how to play this game better than I do. They have skills that I don't. They have capabilities that I don't. And if they can do it, I can do it too and I can learn. So I was inspired by that. And I think that's a much healthier mindset than to simply be envious or playing this comparison game because there's always going to be somebody who's more successful. And if you resent those people, what kind of message are you putting out there into the universe, right? I don't know that that's going to help you become more successful by just simply being a critic and a skeptic and a hater. You can just hate on people all day, but the haters are the ones that are struggling the most financially. Here's what I will end this with. And I love this. And I see it on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Whenever I see someone writing some absolute trash on one of my posts, like a troll. And they're like, F you, or this person's X, Y, Z, whatever. I read that message. And I think to myself, you could see my thought bubble. It is, and this is why you're broke. Every time I see that, if I could message those people individually and just have a conversation, I would say, look, I'm really sorry about whatever it is that you're going through. I believe that you can get through it and you can be better. I don't mean this sarcastically, but to send a message like that to a stranger to say like, have you, whatever, just to be a troll online to someone you've never met does not tell me that that person is of sound mind and body. But then you just see this stuff whenever someone's saying some troll comment, some hater comment, whatever. And this is why you're broke. Because I have also been broke 
And I remember the mindset that I had of why does everyone have all these things that I don't? Why is it they're able to be successful? I was resentful. I had to learn these lessons. I had to change my mindset. I stopped being stuck when I started to embrace that there was a different way of doing things that I can learn, that I could grow, that there was great people, that there was opportunity out there, that there was abundance out there, that it was possible even for me as a first generation immigrant to be able to learn and be successful. Once I gave up all the excuses, that's where I started making progress. And then it took years and years and years and years of overcoming obstacles, of going through adversity. And like, and you know, it just, we were there together. Sometimes people see the end product and they don't see the early days. This is a slow, slow journey. And then you become what is called an overnight success that just was 10, 12 years in the making. Most people will never see the journey, but you have to believe that one, it is possible for you and you cannot be a victim in achieving these things. So comes all full circle. Anybody who says do less, take it easy, you're crazy, X, Y, and Z, that's just them reflecting their own personal beliefs and delete. That's all we got today on success and this overnight success, you know. Woo! I got all hyped up on this one. When you start talking about this stuff, it starts bringing back some memories. So I love and support anybody who's committed and dedicated to their own success and anybody who's going out there who's in the arena that is putting themselves out there. It's going to lead to criticism. It's going to lead to being judged. It's going to lead to people that are going to perhaps say things about you that may or may not even be true. And it's going to lead to a lot of self-doubt. But look, you have my support. I always support those in the arena, putting themselves out there because those who are just critical, they know neither victory nor defeat. Mic drop. There you go. You've been listening to the Game Changing Attorney podcast with Michael Mogul. If you found this episode valuable, here are three free ways that we can help you grow your law firm. Number one, download the first chapter of Michael's book absolutely free at gamechangingattorney.com. Number two, you can shoot Michael a text at 404-531-7691 and ask him any question you'd like. You might just hear the answer on the next episode. And finally, number three, if you can leave this podcast a five-star review, it will help us gain access to more influential thought leaders and bring their lessons learned here to you. For more information on this episode, see the show notes in your podcast app or visit legalpodcast.com.